The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. For truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. Congregation, you may be seated. Thanks to Jeff for reading our first lesson this morning. So aren't you so glad you came to hear a gospel like that one? But before we get to today's gospel, I have to tell you, sorry, stop me if I've already told you this before, but I have to tell you this great idea I have for the next reality TV show. How many of you like watching reality TV shows? <laughs> All right, I know. They're, oh, come on. They're probably like, you know, years gone out by now. But I really think a great reality TV show would be based on what do you have in your car? Wouldn't that be great? There could be all these challenges and situations that people could earn points for based on the things that they have in their vehicle. Like you could start out really small, like you come upon someone whose car has died and do you have jumper cables in your car? And if you have jumper cables and can start their car, you get like 10 points. But then you could work your way up to the most random and crazy kinds of things in your car that you could get points for. <laughs> okay, I think that would be pretty. <laughs> you might actually win that episode. <laughs> okay, I can't say that I've ever had a lawnmower in my car, a lot of other things. But wouldn't that just be hysterical to be able to watch people and how they're able to respond to situations in which you have to be prepared for the things that you can't really prepare for sometimes. Like when you're gonna need a lawnmower. <laughs> so this gets us to today's gospel. There are so many things that we prepare for in life. And some of the things that we prepare for can be really easy. Like last week, as our, or two weeks ago, our 54 senior high youth and adults were getting ready for their trip 
to the boundary waters. And part of the way that they prepared for that, if you can imagine this, is that the entire fellowship hall floor at the Cross of Life campus had blue masking tape laid down in a big grid system to represent our six groups of nine travelers each. And then from each of those six groups, there were seven days. And then each of those days had a square that was broken up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, in which all of the kids and the adults took all of the food from the kitchen and made sure that each of those squares had the food that they would need for that meal of that day for all six of our groups. It was an amazing undertaking. And then that was just their food. And there was a separate area for all of the gear that they would need to take. Their sleeping bags, their cooking pots, their um, tents, all of that. Because when you go to the Boundary Waters, this beautiful area north of Minnesota, you travel by canoe and on foot. And everything that you need for the week is on your back. So you have to make sure that you have everything that you need. There's no way to pick up something at the convenience store up the road. And it's also good to have just what you need. As I was talking with some of the kids last week, one of them, who's very, um, one of our girls who's very small, short in stature, was commenting on how she was so surprised that every day at lunch, this one of our guys who plays football, big, tall guy, had one sandwich. And she had three sandwiches. <laughs> She's like, I out ate him every day. I don't even know how that was possible. And at the end of the week, she said, we had spices and a half a bag of trail mix left. We pretty much ate everything in our bags, including the head of cabbage that half of the groups actually eat and prepare with coleslaw, and then half of the groups end up like burning in their fire pits because they don't know what to do with it. But she was so surprised at how much they had and how much they ate. And one of the other girls said one of her favorite foods on the Boundary Waters was, any guesses? You might have known this. It comes in a box, and I can guarantee it's probably not going to taste the same when you're not in the Boundary Waters, but no-bake cheesecake. <laughs> and she said it was so delicious, but what was so fun was we knew we had to save one slice for Mr. Thomas, and then after that, all of the six kids huddled around in a circle, and with one hand holding the aluminum tin, and one hand on their fork, they ate it all together, right out of the tin, in a matter of like two minutes. Because why make an extra plate dirty when you don't have to, right? There's no running water. There's no dishwashers in the boundary waters. But when you have an experience like that, it lends itself to being able to experience community, being able to experience the joy of sharing together and working together. And as you think about that, in our lives, at least day to day, it seems as if the experiences that we have are the opposite kind. The kind of experiences that don't lead us to one another, 
to work together, to share together, to live together, to play together. But sometimes it seems as if in our daily lives, the kinds of experiences that we have lead us to being focused on what we need to do, on what's expected of us to have happen, on the kinds of things that we have to do. Sometimes, when we have those kinds of experiences, it's so easy then to become so focused on ourselves. And sometimes it's so easy then for us to become focused on the things that others aren't able to help us with. The ways in which we feel as if we're all alone, we're doing everything by ourselves. Or the times in our lives in which it felt as if there was no one there to help us or guide us or share their wisdom with us. And then when it feels as if we're all alone, it might also lead us to focus on the stuff that we can acquire because we can, because of our hard work. But instead of holding on to those experiences that lead us toward ourselves, we have to focus and hold on to Jesus' words for us today. First thing he says, have no fear. Isn't that like, unbelievable that those are the first words that he says to us? And we hear those words again and again throughout the scriptures. Be not afraid. Have no fear. Trust in God first and in everything, in every aspect of your lives. God is good. God wants us to be able to experience that goodness and not the world's goodness, the kind that the world tells us is good, but God's goodness in its truest and purest form. Just like Abraham and Sarah from our first lesson today, God hopes that we will trust God's words and God's promises, especially in those times when we're afraid, especially in those times when it feels as if we're all by ourselves, and especially in those times when God's vision seems so radically different than the one that we see and hear all around us. Second thing to remember from Jesus is where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think we all know this is about money, but there was a seminary professor from Luther Seminary that shared this story that made me think about those words in a new light. He talked about the first car he ever bought and how much he had to work for that car, to be able to buy it, to save up enough money. And then when he finally was able to do so, the thing that happened was he started noticing all of the other cars of that same make and model out on the roads. And he reflected on how when you spend your money on something, it makes you observant of everything else of the people, of the things that are of that same type. And he said that later in his life, when he, he started to make the decision to tip people just a little bit more than he had been, than like the very minimum, 
it, it led him to like see all of the people around him and in his life that rely on tips for their income. And what he said was it also led him to actually engage people more, talk with the people who were serving him in restaurants, talk and find out what their stories and experiences were in a way that he had never done so before. There's also a story about these two men. These two men who were both single, both attended church, but the first man was a man who was so outgoing, talked with every single person that he could, always left a smile on their face when he left them. And though he didn't have any children, he treated others, other children, like they were his own. He gave generously to his church, and when he died, there were people who cried because he was gone. There were people who spoke about the difference that he had made in their lives, of the love that he shared, of how he was a person of his word through how he lived. The other man, however, was a person who didn't work so hard, lived off of the means of others as much as he could, and though he talked big about his accomplishments, didn't have too much to show, including generosity to his church. And so, through the ways in which he lived, and through the words of judgment and anger that he expressed toward the people around him, at the end of his life, he didn't have family or friends crying for his loss. I think this is what Jesus is trying to lift up before us in those opening verses of our gospel to remind us that when we are so focused on ourselves, when we are so focused on the things that we are able to do, the things that we are able to acquire, it leaves us with not much to show for our lives. It leaves us with spirits and hearts that have no experience of community or love. But when we are attentive to the ways in which we spend our money and the, the ways in which those can impact the people around us, from our family to our friends to our community to our world, then it leads our heart to more fully experience the blessings of community and the experiences that come through sharing. Last thing, be ready. This, I think, is the hardest part of what Jesus says to us because it's really hard to be ready for a situation that we can't even fully imagine. We don't know when it's going to come. It's not the same kind of situation that we can prepare for, like preparing for retirement or preparing for a trip or preparing for what we need to do for our work week. How do you prepare for this Jesus who will come again at this unexpected hour? Maybe the best way that we do that is by remembering his words. And so Jesus here uses these two different images. So the first I want you to notice is when this master returns, what's expected there? 
that when the master returns home from this trip, after being gone, the servants would be ready for him. The servants would see him coming, open the door to greet him. All of the oil lamps would be trimmed and lit to light his way. Dinner would be waiting on the table. But then the surprise comes in this image. And the master returns, and he tells the servants to be seated. And the master serves them this dinner. This is Jesus, people, who comes, who returns to feed us. The second image that Jesus uses here takes on a little bit more of a scary warning kind of tone with this image of a thief who comes in the middle of the night that you can't prepare for, you can't plan for, you can't even quite anticipate in order to convey our need to be ready for when Jesus comes unexpectedly, when we're not prepared, when we're maybe not even quite awake. So what is it that Jesus is trying to help us to prepare for? Maybe something a lot harder to plan for than carrying out what we need for a week or of how we can share a one-time gift with someone and something that we have to be ready for when we are least likely to be ready. I think what Jesus is trying to help us with here is how are we to be his disciples? What does it mean to be his followers? Because these are the things that we need to learn each and every day. We need to keep striving for them, and we need to follow the example of Jesus or someone who has been walking and striving to walk in his ways. So maybe the best way we do all of that is to keep these words of Jesus close by to hold on to them instead of all of those painful experiences in our lives that lead us to want to turn inward and push everyone else out. So remember these words. Have no fear. Trust in God in all things. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And do your best to be ready. And if you're not quite fully awake to acknowledge Jesus when you see him, know that there are times when we're not perfect and acknowledge that when we're simply not prepared for what we encounter, go back to number one. Have no fear. Trust in God. Because God wants to give us good things, like God's kingdom. Amen. Amen.